What's Happy going on, guys? Happy New Year, Cree. Fam. Make sure I'm recording this thing here. Cool. Looks like it said it was. How is everybody? What's going on? Good to see everyone. Fantastic. Good. Happy 2024, guys. Ladies. Yeah. yeah. We're on our way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, good news is, is uh, we're all alive going into 2024 in Birmingham right now. There's a ton of snow going on in, in Alabama. So everyone's losing their mind. Everyone thinks that the sky is falling. So um, hey, it's about zero degrees here in Huntsville. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cold in Coleman. Everything's still shut down here. Freezing in Michigan. Well, that's, that's, that's just Michigan. Um, just another day. Yeah. Well, of course, guys. So for, for all of those of y'all who are at our um, – before I jump into introducing Greg, of course, you guys you guys know Greg Wallace, who's on here now. Greg is my – uh, my leasing agent. So we go and, buy, and we'll, we'll get into this, of course, kind of go through the steps of from start to finish on stuff. But uh, if you guys were at the at the live event, for those of you who were, Greg spoke and was talking about you know how he goes and bets properties and how he goes and underwrites these tenants and structures these leases. The differences between a full service and a triple net, absolute, all the. Uh, the the language of the commercial leasing that ends up being a pretty big deal when it comes to a property trading later on down the road. So what I want to do is before we jump into this. I want to show you guys something that going into 2024, what's kind of on my mind for our group. Nolan, can I, can yeah. I interrupt real fast? Sure. I don't know if it's just me. I, I'm hearing a ton of feedback coming through. Is anyone else hearing that or is it just, me on my end. I'm I'm hearing it too. Yeah, I was too. I got nothing. Okay, is it is it me now? Can you still hear the feedback there? It seems to clear. Seems up. like it might be better. Yeah. Is, am I having trouble here now? Can is has it slowed off? Has the has the feedback stopped? It, it's still there. It's like a secondary, but it, but it's, it works. Why don't we try to mute every everybody just for a second to see if uh, if that works, and then and then yeah, we'll come back and just check it. Let's do that. All right. Is this has the feedback stopped at all, or is it still there? Can you tell? Is it better or worse? No, it's stopped. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Good deal. Thank you for for mentioning that, Grant. Appreciate that. Um, so what I wanted to what I wanted to get into. Tonight, again, like I said, is is have Greg introduce himself, kind of talk about who he is, what he does, uh, how our our relationship has has really taken off as friends and also as partners. But I wanted to quickly talk about kind of 2024 and what I'm looking out for in our group and what I I'm, I'm hoping to you know bring to you guys. So first, let me share my screen here. So if you guys go on school and upload or go to uh, the, the classroom setting here, I don't know if it's my feedback or not. I hope I'm not bothering everybody. Um, but if you go to the classroom setting, what I'm doing here now is just for everybody, I'm going to, I'm going to, I haven't completed everything yet, but 
this is a quick little when someone gets you know, a new person comes on, make sure you have on this way. Hang on. Oh, is there a feedback? I hope it can you guys tell? Can you hear me okay? I'm still hearing the feedback. Yeah, it's, it started back up. Yeah, I can hear it. All right, let's all mute one more time. See if if, if it's one of us. Sorry, because I can I can hear it. It stopped for a second. I don't know if this is any better or any worse now. Is this better? Yes. Bitch. Um. Better. Okay. All right. Well. Here, here's where we'll go. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll make this really quick and then introduce Greg. But what I wanted to get at is, is I'm going to, I've got a video in here right now that I just made today for going back over for those that were in the live event. I went over a whole spectrum of what's the differences between residential and commercial, the leases, the tenants, the building, the, how you underwrite it, all that stuff goes over in this video and then what I'm going to, I'm building this out before January, February 1st, I'm going to have um, probably like five or six videos in this module. That's going to go how you assemble your team, how you go and underwrite the real estate, how we go and leverage it, talking about going and negotiating financing in terms of banks and using the, the life insurance or this infinite banking strategy, and then how to multiply, how we go and continue to grow our portfolio and, you know, build build this passive income, you know, financial freedom lifestyle. So any time that you guys after February 1st have like a thought or a question and it's like, man, what did that metric mean? How did I do that? It's going to be one of these videos. So you're instead of having to go down here and scroll and sift through, you know, the 16, 17, 18 hours of live video. Okay. So there's that. Um, I hate that there's feedback guys. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know how it's me. I, I don't have any other. Let's see if um do you want us all to disconnect and I'll call back in? Better at all. I changed the mic. I don't know if that has any difference. Can you same system? Uh I don't know if this is better or worse. Sorry. Well, and then another thing that I was gonna mention going into the year two, every you know, on our calls, we'll keep on underwriting deals, but I'm going to have on my accountant. I'm going to have attorneys. I'm going to have my other brokers back on here. I'm going to have a banker on a couple bankers talking about how they underwrite deals. I'm going to have uh, even my accountant, you know, Clay Hagler, he'll come on talking about just depreciation and tax, things like that. So I'm going to have some more guests on here. And so you guys can have and ask questions for your situation or you know, if there's an opportunity somewhere, you have a chance to ask that. So, um, hope that's good. So, all right, I'll, I'll turn this over here. I, I I'm really upset the guys that I I'm somehow having feedback. I apologize for that. Uh, but again, I want to introduce Greg. Greg is, uh, again, my leasing agent. We do a lot of business together. What I want to have Greg on today to do is talk about, first of all, his business, how, he, what he's doing. And then go into some of the the leasing strategies, how you're underwriting stuff, Greg, you know, and then after that, we can kind of open it up for question and answers and some dialogue and then anything else that's maybe someone has a situation they're looking at on a lease. And then you can ask Greg directly Is that good with everyone. Sounds good. Okay, Greg, go ahead. Take it off, man. Tell us more about you, kind of the whole song and dance. 
Yeah, so we're at Longleaf. We're you know full service brokerage. So every day I'm talking to owners, investors, businesses, tenants, um, all that. And I mean, right now there's been a huge, huge demand for smaller warehouse spaces. I'd say five to fifteen thousand feet. No one's really building these right now, so it's just put a huge. There's so much competition finding these deals, whether it's businesses, investors, tenants. So when you're going out looking for deals as an investor, you're not only dealing with, you know, competition from other investors, you're dealing with businesses who in a lot of cases, you know, don't mind paying a little bit more for the buildings because their business relies on that and they, they need space. So when you're underwriting it, you're underwriting it a little different than these businesses are. So that can make it a lot tougher for you guys to go out and get these properties at the right price and then lease it up, um, you know, at the market rate to where you can make it a good deal. Um, so that's been pretty tough on, you know, you investors and also businesses and a lot of them, you know, they can't find stuff to buy. So now they're turning over to saying, well, I'm going to lease something for a few years, few years, maybe buy something or build something down the road. And even these guys, I mean, I've got a tenant over in Irondale, they're in 20,000 feet. They've been leasing for three years now. And, you know, the, the first year that lease, they're like, we're just going to take this for a few years. Then we're going to go build the facility that we can move into. And, you know, we're sitting here, the lease is about to expire. They haven't even broken ground on their facility because it's so expensive to build. So we're about to, you know, extend them another three years. Um, so you guys really got to find these deals. If you're looking on LoopNet, Prexy and all that, you can find them there. But if you see one that's been listed for a day, chances are you're probably the 50th, 100th person to already see that deal on, on the first day to be on the site. So you got to be going directly to the owners, knocking on doors, sending out, you know, postcards, whatever you need to do, cold calling people to try and find these opportunities to buy stuff because you've got hundreds and thousands of people out there looking for the same thing as you. So there's a lot of competition. So you got to you know be the first one to find the deal because if you find the right deal in the right location, the tenants will come. Um, so it's, it's really important to find that initial deal, jump on it quick. Um, you know, you're not going to have a lot of time to sit around and wait on it. You got to go ahead and tie that thing up and, um, you know, and get it ready to lease up because someone else will snatch it up for you. So Greg, when you're, when you're leasing this space, you know, what kind of goes into the negotiation or, you know, like you said, tenants will find you kind of thing. What, what does that kind of start to finish look like? You know, you got to vac like, for example, let's just kind of walk through the example that we're working on right now over on fourth Avenue, that 13,000 square feet that we've looked at, you know, what mm -hmm. does that kind of process look like? Because, because the main the main reason I want I want you to like explain this is because everybody in our group is all over the country and they're looking yeah. for a guy like you. Like they're looking for a Greg Wallace in their, you know, in their repertoire, in their bullpen. And if they can have the right questions to ask and the information, they can go and find their guy and their boots on the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what does that um, walk through that kind of step by step process? I mean, if, if you're looking at a deal, someone's got it listed. I mean, the first person I would go to for, you know advice on you know what the market is releasing is the person that's selling you the building see if they know anybody that's looked at leasing the space get them to send you comps because i mean as as brokers 95 percent of the work i do is, is is free work you know i'll have people calling me every day like hey can you send me some comps on this location some comps on this i want to see what this building would rent for looking at buying this what do you think it's worth and i'll go and i'll send them sales comps and lease comps so they can see you know if i pay 50 bucks a foot for this building you know, that's right in line with market. That's a fair price. I can lease it for six bucks a foot because here's three leases down the street that were just signed for six bucks a foot. So that way you can know before you, you know, send an offer what 
get it for this price. I can lease it for this price. So you already have that, that knowledge. So reach out to local brokers. They're not, some of them might, some of the older guys that aren't hustling as hard as, as the younger guys might kind of shy away from that. But um, just ask them for, for sales comps and lease comps, see what the market's doing. Um, and then if, you know, if you buy it from that listing agency, ask them if they want to help you lease it up, they'll, they'll get paid on both ends. They'll sell it to you and they'll lease it for you. Um, and I'm sure they'll be happy to do that since they're already familiar with the building. Um, so it's important to find some local brokers that, you know, you can work with and that can share the information so you can, you know, get on top of the local market. So give us a situation where, uh, like you said, there's an opportunity, there's a building that's for sale. Do you have a lot of like, I'm thinking about for these guys, cause right now I'm thinking about like Sam Zoldock is kind of my guy that'll bring the deals. And mm -hmm. then if it's a vacant property, I call you to lease it. So can you walk us through like a step-by-step -step process of what that looks like to where, you know, like you said, everyone's looking for five to 15,000 square feet, you know, um, does anybody have an example right now that they're, that they're kind of looking in that, that zone and would need some type of advice? Like I was talking with Lance earlier. I don't know if the Lance is on here or not. Um, but he's got a building right now that's pretty large and it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's got a great, it's got a, it's got a good tenant. But it's 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 a huge building and it's got a decent tenant, but the lease expires after three years and all the leasing guys are basically saying, you know, we're gonna have trouble releasing this space when this lease expires. Yeah. Like, what's your sometimes, opinion? That? Sometimes when you find a building like that, if it's a big warehouse out in the middle of nowhere, most likely when that was initially built, it was you know built the owner business built that for themselves specifically what they were doing in that location, and you know maybe they sold it to an investor down the road and. Um, you know, they went out of business or something, but it, that's probably a spec, you know, build for that company. And it's going to be hard to retenant that if it's a, you know, weird location. So usually in something like that, you're gonna have to lease it on a, on a pretty big discount. Maybe you just lease it as storage space or something like that. But yeah, it, finding something in the right location is key. Um, cause that, I mean, if you find the, if you find a, pretty rundown building, but it's in a great location. You can go put some money in the building and the tenants will follow if you're in the right location. Um, so I, I think location is pretty key. Can you, can you go over, um, because not a ton of, I mean, everybody is familiar with, you know, commercial versus residential, but can you, can you go over the differences between a gross lease, a modified gross lease, a triple neck, just kind of walk through those. Yeah. Um, and I, and what I'll do too, guys, is I'll share the screen real quick. Cause I've got Greg's, um, thing from our live event kind of pulled up. If you guys can yeah, see. Yeah. You just go down to the, you know, full service or gross lease. That's, that's essentially your residential, you know, house lease. You lease it to somebody, the toilet goes out, you're over there on the weekends fixing it. You know, they'll pay the utilities, but everything else on that property is going to be on you. Um, and these big multi-tenant office buildings, a lot of times they're going to be, landlord is going to cover security and, um, you know, all the, all the common area maintenance, that's all going to be on the landlord. Um, so that's, that's similar to, you know, the residential side of things you get into the net leases, single and double net leases aren't very popular. Um, it's, you know, single net tenant will pay taxes or the insurance and then landlord's got everything else. Um, the most popular ones with industrial and really just most leases that I'm, 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 we use are triple nets and modified gross lease, triple net. They've got the base rent the utilities, the property insurance, the property taxes, and just about all the maintenance on the building outside of roof and structure. 
Um, and then, you know, an absolute net lease, that's, that's basically mailbox money. That's as passive as it's going to get. You know, you're going to lease it this tenant. They're going to, they're going to take care of everything, property tax insurance, all the maintenance, everything is going to be on them. And you just sit back and collect a check. Check. That's pretty rare. Um, you'll see those in more of like a single tenant net lease, um, you know, restaurant or, or fast food chain, something like that. Or a lot of times medical facilities will sometimes be absolute net. Um, but those are pretty hard to come by. They're usually for, you know, grade A top tier credit tenants. Um, and in either modified gross lease, tenant will pay base rent, utilities, most of the general maintenance on the building, and then the landlord's just stuck with taxes and insurance. Um, and you can, you can get pretty creative with the modified gross. You can, you know, negotiate some some terms with the tenant and what you want to do and what you want them to cover. Um, and then one, ground lease, you're, what's that? I was going to say one, one side of that too. Like mm -hmm. I'd like to just, if you could explain why would a tenant, why would a tenant like just thinking about some of our industrial tenants, you know, the, the glass supply guys, the steel fabricators, distribution guys, what is the benefit for a tenant to a triple net lease versus a gross lease? Like why, why is it beneficial for the tenant to want to have a triple net lease over again the gross? Well, in reality, it's, it's those who have the gold make the rules. So you got the building, you you, yeah. you set the rules, and that's really just kind of the market. That's what market brings, and and most tenants know that. But on the other side, when you have a triple net lease, that base rental number is going to be a lot lower than a gross lease. You know, if you've got a, a triple net lease leasing at seven dollars a square foot, you know that building on a gross lease is going to be twelve dollars a foot. Um, but it's it's really no you know benefit or disadvantage for the tenant. It's just preference for the landlord and how they want to structure their deal. If they've been if they own the building for twenty years and they've been doing a modified gross lease, they they like to get in there and fix things themselves. Um, you know they'll just keep doing it like that. But most investors prefer that triple net structure, make it hands off for them, and and you know like I said, those who have the gold make the rules. So one one piece of the pie that I always think about too, Greg. You tell me your thoughts here, but. Um, and if and anybody has a question here in a second, y'all can answer, you can ask it. But I, I also think from like a perspective of a gross lease versus a triple net lease, like if you've got a, imagine like a, uh, like a dentist office or something like that, that's in 5,000 feet and he's in a, he's on a, a triple net lease. In my opinion, he's going to prefer that over a gross lease because, you know, he's got to have goodwill with his customers and the people that are coming in. Like, if the landlord is out of state and he doesn't care about what the building looks like and you're going in to get a crown fixed and there's the building hasn't been power washed in 20 years, there's, you know, it's trash in the parking lot, you know, there's fog in the windows, like you're not going to feel really good about going and getting your teeth cleaned there versus the tenants having the responsibility to maintain their space. They're more likely than not to, in my opinion, upkeep the property, make sure that it's in good working order because that's where they earn their living and that's how they put food on the table. I mean, would you yeah. agree? I, I, I agree, but also on the other side of things, they can go both ways where you, know, you lease to a tenant and on a triple net lease and they're required to do a bunch of maintenance the building and six months down the road, you go there to visit them and see that they haven't been doing what they're supposed to do on the maintenance side of things. You know, we've had tenants where, you know, landlord's going to be responsible for the roof, but, you know, in their lease, they're responsible for cleaning the gutters. And, you know, we we're getting phone calls from them saying, hey, the roof's leaking. And we're like, well, have you been cleaning the gutters? And they, well, they lied to us and said, yeah, we go over there. There's trees growing out of the gutters. And that's what's pulling up the water, making the roof leak. And so, you know, those those repairs go back on the tenant because they weren't holding up their end of the deal. Um, so it can go both ways. But, 
yeah, you got to make sure that they're they're doing what they're supposed to do. Give us a. Uh, does anybody have any kind of questions here? I, I mean, I don't want to just like bombard it all. I don't know if anybody had something on their mind to to ask Greg before we keep on rolling through. Yeah, I had one question about uh, the credit for tenants. So, how is that determined? Is that just the size of the tenant, the revenue? What What is that based on? Yeah, the company financials. I mean, you can you can run a background check or get a credit report from, but usually just get two years of financials from them, make sure that they can pay the rent. Um, you know, if they don't send that to you, then there's probably a reason why. Um, so, we like to look at their their financials before we sign anything. Okay, that makes sense. And if, if you can get their business financials, and if those aren't strong, get their personal financials too. It's really just whatever you're comfortable with. And how far back do you typically go when you're looking at financials, business financials, especially for a business that maybe doesn't have the history? Yeah, at least two years. Uh, are we? Can we move on, Nolan, from this the lease structures and ask other questions? Or yeah, yeah, you ask wanting anything, to stay ask here? Anything. No, no, go go ahead, Mel. Yeah. Hey, Greg. Hey. Thank you. Um. So I'm going to ask like two to three, and then you can answer them okay. as you wish. Um, so one of the first questions is, what documents besides financials do you require when you are vetting a tenant? And what other information do you use to vet tenants? Um, and then the second question is, would you happen to have some example leases that you would be able to share with us so that we may see them and kind of how they're structured. Um, yeah, so those are my questions. Yeah, I mean, the first one, it's really landlord's preference. Um, baseline, we get, you know, a couple years of financials. Um, it, with, a, with our leases, we'll also attach a personal guarantee. So the business name is on the lease, and we're also going to hold that business owner responsible personally. Um, to be responsible for the rent if you know if the business goes bankrupt or something we can go after that individual person but you know it's really up to you you can get a credit check um credit report do a background check if you really want to um but that's you know that's up to you if you if you feel like it and then example leases i mean i've got our standard ones three or four pages it's our triple net lease it's really nothing crazy i'm happy to share it with you guys if you want i think you can probably go to the uh, board of realtors and download a similar one um but then we've also got a full service lease that's you know, 20 or 30 pages but a lot of the times when you're dealing with some of the bigger tenants and you know larger deals you'll have an attorney draft of you know a new lease just for that specific deal and the terms you've negotiated and you know, we've got our you know standard one that we can send out on kind of the smaller deals but when you're dealing with a hundred thousand square feet and you know a 20-year lease um usually you get a, a lawyer involved to draft draft a, a, a specific lease for that deal. Greg, go yeah. over. Oh, sorry. Are you got Mel? Go ahead. Sorry. You know, I'm the question, kid. Um, and when you're talking about bigger square footage, um, I know like the Bill Lance was talking about, um, Nolan was talking about that Lance has, it's a bigger square footage. So Lance and I kind of were talking about utility and say you do find a bigger building that you maybe could break down into smaller rentable spaces. How do you ever dealt with how the utilities work in that situation? Um, 
do you typically see submetering done or all new utilities have to be put in to be used by each tenant? It, it You can either, I mean, usually you'll just get separate meters for each unit of, of your building, unless you want to do more of a, you know, modified gross lease and you can just charge them a flat fee on power. But I don't really recommend that because one tenant might be using a, a ton, the other person not. Um, so usually you just get, get it separately metered for each, each suite. Hey, can I ask about the kind of the timing of when you get involved, Greg? So like, say, Nolan, say you, you lock down a deal or you have it under contract. Um, can you legally start talking to people about tenancy at that point, Greg? Or do you have to close on it before, you know, can you soft, yeah, kind of soft yeah. pitch it to people? Or what's your process? You can. So the thing is, you know, if, if I've got a person who's got a deal under contract and they want me to go ahead and, and lease it for them before they can close on it, Technically, yes, I can, but it, it's not really a thing I can go out and market hard like it needs to be done. Um, because if I go spend, because when we're taking a listing, I'm spending a couple thousand dollars on on signage, marketing, all that stuff. We're not going to go out and spend three grand on on that, and then a week down the road, you say it fell out of contract, and then you know I'm SOL. Yep. So we'll, I mean, but I've got tons of people in my back pocket. Like I need this space and this space. So if you've got one on a contract and it matches up with one of my prospects' needs, and I can go ahead and send them your way. We can get a lease drafted and a, at least an LOI agreed to with that tenant. So that way, as soon as you close, and we can sign a lease. Um, so yes, I know we, I, you know, I'll be happy to pitch it to people, but it's not something I because I've got you know twenty other clients that I've got agreements with that I'm supposed to be working their stuff each day, and it's not fair to them to um, be working on something that we don't, you know, that person doesn't actually own yet. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I've I've had a couple of lenders who have asked, you know, about different properties. Well, you know, do you have a tenant lined up? You know, uh, so I'm not, you know, I don't have a great answer for that. Yeah, uh, and, and sometimes you can get away with just, you know, if you can present them some rental comps in that area, you can do a pro forma on your building. Like this is, you know, we expected to lease in two to three months at this rate. Here's all of our expenses. Here's our, our bottom, you know, line. And you can give enough evidence to, to pitch to that bank, sometimes they can get on board with that. And that might've been back from a couple of years when interest rates were, were nothing, people were buying like crazy, but um, you know, sometimes certain banks will get comfortable just to perform on what, what you're going to do with it. And I, and I think to go further on that and expand on that, Greg, it's talking about for your situation, it's, you know, you're not going to want to spend a bunch of time on looking to lease a building. If, if a guy, that you really have maybe have worked with a little bit or not. And, you know, the deal might fall through, but I think what really is the most important piece like Greg's talking about is why assembling your team first is really the most important key. Because think about it. Like when I call Greg, this is when, when I call Greg, Greg is almost guaranteed to, to pick up and be like, okay, I know Nolan's probably got something between five and 30,000 feet. So he knows already what types of buildings that are in my little buy box, you call it. And so now that's not to say that, you know, Greg's going to put me at the front of the of the line here, but he now automatically has an idea in the back pocket. Like, hey, I know what Nolan's buying. I'm getting familiar with his appetite. He's very consistent with the deals that he brings to me. So it allows for more velocity and a more consistent tenant pool. Would you agree with that, Greg, or my offer on there? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, already, I already know usually what, what you're bringing. And I usually most of the time the building you send me, I already know what the, the market rent is on them. Um, I know a few prospects I can go ahead and pitch it to. 
um, and just be ready for when it closes. So, um, yeah, getting relationship with your brokers and um, getting that knocked out ahead of time makes things a lot quicker. That way you can put something on contract quick. This is, you know, if you go to some random guy and tell him to get you some comps and quotes, you know, it might take a week to turn around and that week that that building could be gone. So um, just have that assembled ahead of time certainly helps a lot, especially when there's so much competition right now. I want to ask another question too, Greg, because um, mm -hmm. we're kind of just, I want to be transparent on where I am with our own stuff. You know, we've got a building that we leased up uh, a couple months ago with the tenant. So everything is not always, you know, unicorns and show ponies and rainbows, right? So we've got a tenant that has signed a triple net lease, awesome lease, five years, you know, personal guarantee, the whole song and dance that Greg just mentioned about. Can you go into some of what the landlord recourse is if for some reason, they got this cool business that's working. Then they discover that the winter months, it's a little bit lower than in the summer months. And they're a little bit behind on rent, which, he, you know, hopefully he'll pay us tomorrow. We'll see. You know, he shot us an email. Yeah. But I guess my question to you, Greg, is that like when something does not go perfect, right? We don't have these, these tenants paying us for some reason. What is the landlord's recourse? And what are we able to do in order to get those those rents that we are owed? What can you walk us through that? Yeah, it, it, it depends on what's in your lease, and you know, in our lease, you know, you've got I think there's ten or eleven things you can do to put them in default. If they miss a payment, you can put them in default. You can give them forty eight hours notice that they got to hand the keys back and be out of there, um, which does not you know take them out of the responsibilities of the lease. They still require to pay, um, and so we can get those keys back. Go lease it to somebody else and say we lease it for. Lease it to him for thirty five hundred bucks. We lease it to somebody else for three thousand. He's still on the hook for that difference of the term. Um, and if, if he doesn't pay that, you know, we can send him to collections. And there's a, you know, there's a there's language in the lease to where if we have to hire an attorney to get the rent out of him, then he's got to go back and pay those attorney fees on top of that. So there there's a lot of uh, avenues you can take to to go, you know, get your money. Now it's not going to be easy or fun, but um, there is some some language in those leases that protects you. Um, allows you to go after, you know, what's rightfully yours. And, and to go on top of that too, I, I think another piece that gives the commercial real estate strength over the residential is, like you said, trying to go to collections, trying to evict somebody like in residential is, I mean, you're talking about pulling, pulling teeth, right? But in commercial, like Greg just said, I mean, I shot an email to this guy on, I guess it was Sunday. I was like, Hey, Greg, his name was Greg too. I said, Greg, I'm going to come and get, I'm going to change the locks and get those keys from you on Wednesday morning if I don't have money from you. And then I'm going to hit sick my attorney on you to, and I wasn't being a jerk. I'm, he's just been kind of giving this whole song and dance back and forth. So I was like, Greg, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I've actually been a nice guy, but I was like, if you don't pay me and you don't execute in on what we agreed to, I'm going to keep, I'm going to come after you, number one, but then you're still going to be on the hook. And as a business owner, for me, I just feel like I could be wrong here, Greg, but does, you know, send them to collections. There's got to be, you know, knowing that you have an attorney, how difficult is it going to be for that guy to go rent another space when he knows like, oh, yeah, there's another guy that was is still trying to get rent out of me. You know, it's like going to be so difficult for him to, you know, rent. No, they, they, they want, I, I mean, I've dealt with that before where, you know, I had someone had to kick somebody out because we're selling the building and they had just got kicked out of another space luckily they they knew the owner of this building and that owner let him just kind of post up temporarily i sold the building and they're they're scrambling to find something else and since birmingham's such a small town word travels and, and people know so they already know that you know this guy's been kicked out of two places he can't pay rent 
it's going to be really hard for them to find another space. Um, so, and all the brokers around here know each other too. So if someone, you know, picks the phone, calls me and says, Hey, I got this guy that's looking to rent my space. Uh, so I used to rent one of your spaces. What, what's the deal? And, you know, you know, I can't help him at that point. He, he's not going to find a new space. Um, so that, that should be the priority is to pay rent and, and not get on a, the bad side of landlords. 100%. Does anybody have kind of thoughts or questions for Greg moving on? I don't want to take up too many other people's questions here. So we went over, uh, we went over, you know, screening these tenants. We went over the leasing process. Here's a couple uh, of, you know, this is actually the deal example deal that we're looking at that, that we were discussing actually from earlier. Um, this is another building that I have now too. I don't know, Greg, do you want to just like kind of, I don't know, tell the story on this, on this example deal, like kind of how it came to, I just, I think yeah. good just to, just to see from start to finish how, how we, how we get a building under contract, how we, you know, just the start to finish to where it's like a purchase to a cash flow. You know, what does like yeah. finish on this example? Yeah, that was so that one, I guess was that two years ago? That one got listed. It's on the west side of Birmingham, which is not the most desirable area. But the thing is, the building is just the right size, had great ceiling height, has yard space, loading dock and drive indoors, a little bit of office. It was in pretty rough shape, but the owner of the building had a, I believe he was an electrical supply company and left, what do you leave, $20,000, $30,000 worth of inventory in there. Um, I had a so check I, like 24 grand. Yeah. So I, <laughs> after you closed on it, you know, you asked me what, what could we lease it for? I think we pitched six or six fifty a foot um, and closed on it, sent the auction guy down there, cleaned out, you know, all the inventory, got you a check, and that gave you some money to go ahead and fence in the property and tear out the mezzanine in the building, which this, this tenant said, you know, I don't like the mezzanine. I need a fence. I'm like, great. Well, we'll knock that out. If you sign a five-year lease, um, it just so happened these guys are working for um, another, not, I wouldn't say client, but prospect that I know over in the east side of Birmingham, big glass company. These guys are working for him, said, Hey, I want to branch off and do my own thing and get space. So we put them up over there on a five-year term. And um, I think we probably leased that in two, three weeks after you closed on it. Wasn't too long. Quick, that's quick. Um, but but yeah, if you find a, a, a solid building like that, and now it's not the best area of town, but it's got good access to downtown. Um, I think what is it? The, the city, the city's right behind them too. They they that's they right that too. So and there's no um, residential around it, so there's yeah. no there's no loitering. There's there's like no crime. It's it's a nice little deal. Yeah, so that was a solid. It had a good roof on it. That's that's one thing. If you guys are buying industrial properties, check out the roofs. <laughs> At a hundred percent. Let's go over this deal too, Greg. I like this one because this has a couple moving parts in it. I like you to go over, you know, the, the, the situation. This is a building that I bought back in September. Maybe go over the details of the deal of where it is now and the how and the why of how we're going to increase the value of the building, you know, in this new year with this new lease potentially. Yeah. So the, no one, found that Sam sent you that one a few months back. The owner of the real estate and the in the business, he was going to sell, you know, shut down, sell the business and sell the real estate. So no one was able to come in and get you know, a really good price on the building. Um, and then someone else in the meantime bought the business 
And they have so much inventory in this building. You know, it's 27,000 feet, but it's also got 20,000 feet of mezzanine space in there. And I mean, it's chock full. So that guy really had nowhere to go. And he was kind of forced into, you know, sign a month-to-month lease there. And we we gave him a pretty good deal. Um, it was 11,000 bucks a month, which is probably 450 a foot or something like that. Really a gross lease. But, you know, while we're looking for a long-term tenant paying market rate, no one's still getting paid. Um, so our plan is, you know, we sign him on a month to month lease. He's got a 60 day notice. If he wants to leave, he gives us 60 days. If we want to kick him out, we give him 60 days. Um, and so we're actively shopping that building for a new tenant. Meanwhile, we're having conversations with that month to month tenant saying, you know, you've got so much stuff in here. He's signing new contracts with I think UAB or University of Alabama to, to build some stuff for them. That if we send you this letter, the 60 day notice, you're, you're going to be in trouble. So you might as well just go ahead and sign a long-term lease here. Um, and so we're kind of leveraging other prospects that are coming to look at it and him having to possibly get up and move to, to try and find a, a long-term deal there, whether it's with someone else or whether it's with him. Um, but that's a, that's a great building. Everybody I've shown it to is just really impressed with how clean the inside is um, for that location. It's, it's a pretty solid building. I wish it had about five acres of yard space with it, but you know, the, the two quarter acres we got should do. <laughs> yeah. What, so one of the things that, just to just to dive a little deeper on it. So if you notice where it says the base rent is currently at eleven thousand bucks, so I'm getting a check for eleven thousand every month, but then I'm paying my expenses out of that eleven thousand. So right now, the the way that I kind of negotiated this with I, I sold this to my lender was I instead of you know moving this guy out and buying the property vacant. Instead, I've got a guy in here month to month that's basically going to be able to service the debt. And I know the way that Greg can lease the space at probably closer to $550 a month. So you notice that the rent will go from $11,000 gross to $12,628 net. So instead of me, you know, really netting after, you know, netting $9,000, I'm now netting $12,000. So it's going to yeah. increase my bottom line by like $36,000, $38,000 when we lease this space up to the market rent. And so that was my that was my pitch to my lenders. I said, look, I'm going to be able to increase this value of this building because I know the market cap rate is going to be in the eights and the nines, but the market rent is 550 a foot, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, but around that ballpark. And I can pay you debt. I can service debt for these next six to nine months while we go, while Greg goes out there and hunts down that next lease. And so our pitch to, so my banker was fine with that. So our pitch to this tenant to go full circle with Greg, the pitch to the tenant is, and his name is Tom and he's a nice guy, but it's like, Tom, look, you're in a position here that you're trying to run this business. You're trying to get these, start these, you know, new contracts with these big universities. If Greg is out there hunting down, because when Greg leases 27,000 feet, Greg earns a sweet paid commission like it's a nice commission check if it's probably the first one to send him a letter to get out of that building right. as as I get a lease sign because i'm not i'm not i'm not waiting and we've given him you know plenty of opportunities to stay so yeah so that's what i keep that's what we keep telling tom we're like tom you got to realize that like greg is salivating to lease this space like a dog and he wants to i mean he's wanted to earn a commission on this and i'm like if you don't realize that we can hit you with 60 days to vacate he was, I mean, it's so ridiculous. He was looking to move down to Alabaster, which is like South Birmingham. He was looking to move down there into like 9,000 square feet or something yeah. so ridiculous that, that. like, 
Yeah. Yeah. I know the owner of that building he was looking at too. And he's another client of mine and he's like, yeah, I already got a lease. So he, I know for a fact, Tom doesn't have any other options other than his 5,000 square foot building that he already owns down there. And he can't fit two businesses in that thing. I mean, it's, it's, so it's one of those things where we've tried to be and not nice cause it's just business. Right. But we've tried to like lead Tom into like, cause it will save me some money in a commission. Of course I'll pay Greg a little bit. We'll see. <laughs> but, but you know, at the end of the day, we're trying to help Tom, you know, keep running his business. But if he doesn't understand that, like Greg's got other business owners that would love to lease this space and he can't see the value of having to hire a bunch of people to move all of his stuff into a different location on the other side of town where he bought this business from the guy that was occupying the space before. So it's like, it's perfect for his business. So um, that's neither here nor there. We're working on that, working on this guy right now, but um, yeah. So what it, is his main holdup? He just he's, thinks he can find another. No, space. no spaces available. That's kind of everyone's issue right now. Is he can't. What he has there is this, he's got twenty seven thousand feet, but essentially it's forty seven thousand of usable feet because those ceilings in that building are thirty two feet high. You know that mezzanine sits right in the middle. So he's and we're only going to charge him on the twenty seven thousand you know feet of you know the footprint of the building. So he's getting another twenty thousand feet, and he's using every bit of that. So he's getting that on top essentially for free. And if he was to try and find a 47,000 foot building with that tall ceilings down in Alabaster right now, he'll have to get in, you know, get on the waiting list and have to pay a couple million dollars for it or pay 30 grand a month in rent. So he's really the best deal he has is where he's at. His only holdup of staying in this building is that he lives in Alabaster and I think he wants to shorten his commute. Um, so that's, that's where he's at, but he, he's waiting on a contract. He's waiting on a contract from Alabama because he's he bid on something. He's like, once I get this lease or once I get this, you know, contract, I'm gonna be I'm ready to sign up. And I'm like, you you might be too late. You know, you might be too late. I just want to let you know you might be too late. So, but that's you know, these are just some of the some of the deals that we're trying to do and accomplish. And Greg's been a big big part of that. So, um, does anybody have questions on kind of these these properties on you know what Greg does? Uh, you know. Thoughts on screen and tenants, leasing, you know, any questions on this kind of stuff? Anybody have thoughts on that? Can, you, can Greg? Go ahead. I'm interested in, in how Greg, you know, a little bit more about how Greg gets paid. Like I'm more familiar with, you know, the broker <laughs> side of things. Yeah. But Greg, how, how do you get paid? So we sign a listing agreement. Our standard fee is 4% or 6%, you know, 4% of the aggregate value of the lease. Um, if I'm the only broker involved, if there's two brokers with a tenant getting represented by somebody, then it's 6% of the total value of the lease. And that's just base rent, you know, not including the tax and insurance portion. Um, and, and when two brokers are involved, I got to pay them for it. I want to get two. Um, so it's in my best interest and the landlord's best interest to, to do it myself and only charging 4%. Um, but, you know, at, when the lease is signed, we get first month's security deposit. Sometimes we get last month's up front as well. And um, I'll get 50% of it when it's signed. And then when that rent commencement date gets in, I get the other half of it, um, you know, paid, paid directly. And Nolan, are your, your financials are set up similarly. So you can plug in assumptions and bake that into the overall pro forma. That's it. So let me show you guys this really quickly, how I have this worked in for, for like, this goes in exactly what Greg's leasing commission is on. We do a deal. So you see assumptions, you know, Q45, so what we're doing, we're going to go back over here, go all the way over to Q45. So what, what I'm looking at here is we just take 
this gross potential rent, because you notice how that will change is the revenue, 3% rent bumps. All of our leases go 3% increases. So that's the gross potential rent. This plus this plus this plus this plus this equals $222,000. And then that number is multiplied by 0.4. And that's going to be Greg's leasing commission on a, on a deal. Now, if, of course, like Greg said, if, he, if there's another guy that brings, you know, the other tenant goes to 6%, well, then on your pro forma, you can change that to six. And then that's going to change that number. So, um, but so and that's far, based on the, on the lease, the, the duration of the lease. So if it's seven years, it would go up to seven years at that that's point. Right. That's exactly okay. right. Yeah. So you could just change, you could just change that settlement statement instead of it being Q45, you could change that over to S45. Those, but those and, numbers are right now. And we try and collect enough up front from, you know, first front rent and security deposit that it covers all that. So you're not out of pocket, out of the gate. Um, and if it does end up being more than, you know, those first few payments, then I'm always flexible to say, you know, you can pay me in, you know, four, four chunks if you want. So it's not messing, you know, you have too bad or whatever. I'm, uh, some of the larger companies might not be as flexible with that, but, um, with me, I, um, I can, I can always, you know, work around some things to make it easier on y'all. <laughs> we found ways to make it work, but you've always been, you know, it's, it goes back to that relationship with your guy on your team too, where, you know, Greg would be like, Hey, um, you know, leases up. And even on the, the Bessemer building, he's like, Hey, don't just don't pay me until, until he pays the first month rent, you know, or whatever. So we yeah. were able to capture, you know, 7,500 bucks and his lease commission was like nine grand or something. And so we were already, already almost all the way there by the time you know and, and we got you some uh some of those car lifts out of there for seriously yeah five grand. Too. yeah so we, <laughs> we we actually yeah we probably had earned all that stuff by the time yeah so we were probably even yeah. commission yeah but um so yeah does anybody kind of have thoughts on you know greg's story what greg's doing um how could i guess here's a question for everyone then that's on the group here is how can people I'm trying to remember how you and I got linked up, but like, how can we, we were at a, uh, a residential uh, oh, real that's estate what it was. Uh, that's Christmas right. party or something? Because my right. a friend of mine had, had bought a house from that realtor and invited us. UAB. That's yeah. right. Well, yeah. here's a question. Then I guess is because everybody's kind of trying to figure out how they can build their team. That's kind of what I preach. Is that's the most important piece. Like whenever I find a deal, I've got everybody on the line that knows exactly what to do. How can these guys, you know, create a relationship with someone like you in their city? Like what, how, yeah. how would they, like when you're having a new conversation, how do clients reach out to you? How do they meet you? How could these, how can guys in our group meet, meet those, meet a person like you? Yeah, I mean, one, one easy way is if you're out riding around, you see a sign on a commercial property, call that broker say, Hey, I'm you know, I'm not necessarily looking at the property you've got listed here, but you know, I'm interested to, you know, buy you a coffee or lunch and tell you my story and, and what I'm trying to accomplish and um, just go meet with them and make sure you just lay it all out. You know, how you're going to do it, the funding, if you already got it lined up, what exactly you're looking to buy, you know, I want to buy industrial properties in this, this area. I want to buy retail properties in this area, have it all, you know, lined up and ready to go. So you can, you know, pitch that to these brokers and say, I'm look, I'm the real deal. I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, you know, find me some properties and, you know, if they, they realize that, you know, you're serious about it and you can close and, you know, they're going to start funneling you some, some opportunities. Um, and I know all the brokers that you know I work with and I know that they all have got off market opportunities that, 
maybe a seller doesn't necessarily want to put it out there, but he'll, you know, he'll sell it for this number. And, you know, just ask him like, Hey, you know, any deals like this that I could take a look at? And most of the time they'll be happy to, to send them to you. And whenever they get a new one, if they know you're, you know, the real deal and you're not going to waste their time, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll send it to you. But whenever you see one, you know, good deal, you got to jump on it quick. Cause I guarantee you that broker sent it out to another 200 people. <laughs> and, and I think another piece, um, of, go ahead, Mel, go ahead. How about kind of like reverse engineering? Like if you have a set of clients who are looking for a space to lease, if an investor came to you and said, Hey, you know, I'm just looking for an investment property. What do you have of people who are looking for lease mm -hmm. space and yeah. kind of reverse engineering it like that? Yeah, I do. I have a lot of clients that will call me and say, Hey, I saw this building for sale. Do you have anybody looking to lease something like this? And it's like, yeah, I got a guy that needs something right now. Will you go buy that and lease it to them and, and we'll do a deal like that. So that's absolutely a way you can do it. And if I, if it, are any of y'all in the Birmingham Huntsville market? I'm not in there, but I'll invest there. <laughs> okay. Well, we're, I've got two guys right now who are, are really needing some space in the next three to six months. They need, um, one of them needs a 10,000 foot warehouse with two acres yard space from Vestavia, Alabama down to, to Pelham, Alabama. Um, and the other guy needs essentially the same thing, just less yard space, you know, five to 10,000 feet, maybe half acre. And he needs it on the north side of Birmingham from Gardendale over to, to Leeds, Alabama. They'll, uh, they'll both buy or lease something. So maybe you could wholesale a, a property, put it in a contract and flip it to him or buy it and lease it to him. Um, but there's, those are two guys I've got right now that really need something quick. Right, so Could so we like, reach out to you for more information? Yeah, yeah, shoot me an email and I'll be happy to give you their, you know, exactly what, what they're looking for. And if you in a specific market, if I know anybody over there that's looking for something, I'd be happy to share that with you as well. I'll put Greg's info on when I when I put the replay up on this, I'll put all Greg's info on on school so you guys can have that. But actually it's already on, it's already in our thing. It's already my, my email on there. Greg's info is already on here. Yeah. So y'all should have that. But um, anybody else have questions? I thought I, I didn't mean to interrupt somebody else. Go ahead, yeah. go on, Tim. Yeah, this is Tim. So, hey, Greg, uh, hey. any of these people doing uh, no money deals or is that not as popular? Mm -hmm. Hey, sometimes it's just depends. If you have a, if it's a good building and you know a really great area, a lot of times those sellers aren't aren't interested in doing that. They're, they've got ten people lined up to come pay cash, but you know if you've got you know something to kind of off the beaten trail and a seller that's kind of on the fence of selling, you can pitch that to them. Um, a lot of people that are leasing the buildings themselves, sometimes you can say, Hey, look, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll buy the building and you can hold the mortgage on it. And, you know, you can still get this rental income and it's going to be a lot easier to manage than a tenant. And you can go buy it, kick out the tenants and fix it up and lease it out to somebody else. So um, the, the no money down deals, owner finance and stuff that was a lot more popular this past year. I don't think it's going to be as popular in 2024. Interest rates are trending downwards. And um, I know there's a lot of people, a lot of dry powder out there ready to buy stuff. So um, that, that move might be a little difficult. Okay. All right. Thank you. Don't, don't, don't say that, Greg. Come on. We got to, we got to, we got to find those motivated sellers, man. Come on. Hey, it's worth a shot. Worth a shot. I mean, you got to, this is the pitch, right? The, the, the capital gains. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody heard that? What's that? Yeah. Anybody else have kind of thoughts or questions on 
on uh, on Greg and kind of you know what he does, the 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 business that he's in, and just um, you know just the the relationship. You know, I, I say it all the time, but just how important having you know your teammates that because it goes back to what Greg said, and in, in you know to come full circle, it's if you are out there looking on Crexy and you're spending all your time on LoopNet and a building actually hits that space or that website, I mean, it's, it's, it's been turned down by 50 other people probably. I mean, I can't be crazy, Greg, but like if there's a building that's put online there, you know, sometimes I'll even, I'll send Sam something and say, Hey, you want to look at this? He's like, I didn't send it to you because I don't want, I don't, that's not a good buy or, or whatever. And he's like, yeah. why are you looking at that? Because I would have already, I've already seen it. You know, I've already looked at it. So anything that a person sees that's kind of out there, it's, it's gotta be like, it's just, can you, can you just hit on that? Um, I would say if, you know, if you're looking at these sites, a lot of times you can set metrics up to where if you can put in your exact buy box, it will send you an email as soon as something new hits, um, which I know a lot of those brokers have that way you, you can see on the first day and you can go ahead and make a move on it. Cause most of the time it's not going to last. I get clients that will send me something that they're looking and just like you mentioned, be like, well, I, I didn't think that was a fit because it's got this issue that they didn't know about. Or they'll send it to me like, yeah, it's under contract. I, I already know that about that deal. So um, you can find them on there, but you got to be quick. Um, and a lot of the times, if those deals are still up after a few months, it looks like a good deal. Most of the time, it's already leased or under contract. So you got to make sure you pick up the phone and call that broker um, to make sure it's still available because we're not the best about taking listings down after they've sold or released. Good to know. Okay. All right. Well, any other thoughts, questions like that before we let, let Greg go and, and kind of slow down for the evening. All right. Well, Greg, yeah, guys, just shoot me an email. If you, you know, if you see a building you're looking at, you want some comps or anything like that, or if um, you know, you want some of, my prospect list and stuff you can go hunt down and try and buy for him. Um, shoot me an email. I'll be glad to share that info with you. Yeah. It's awesome. Cool. All right, man. Well, Greg, thank you for your time, man. Yeah, really no really problem. appreciate it coming on and everything. And um, I'm sure I'll be, be seeing you here in the next couple of days. Yeah. So. Thank you. All right. Thank you, man. Thanks. All right. right. See y'all. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. All right. So does anybody have kind of some thoughts or questions on that? I thought it was, um, I can already hear the, the, the echo apologize, but does anybody have thoughts or questions? I thought, I thought that was, um, pretty good. Greg, Greg, Greg's pretty sharp. Yeah. He, he's super responsive too. If anybody else is in Alabama, he's looked at a couple of things for me and I mean, there's a huge value to me. And if you find somebody that will return your phone calls and that's responsive and that will, you know, get back with you, he's definitely one of those people. Yeah. Well, he's out there hustling. He's, you know, he's not retiring anytime soon. So his, he, he's at his energy level. He's, he's kind of a monotone kind of guy, but he's a, he's, he's a go-getter. He, he's, you know, he's a go-getter. So just a great guy to have on the team. So um, he's on top of it. Um, you can tell like he's, He's plugged in really well to the grid. And I think, um, you know, he's, I can understand why he's a trusted partner on your team. Yeah. I mean, he's going to, he's going to bring people to the table no matter where they're coming from, right? He's, he's very creative, which is very good. 100%.
All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's. I thought that was a good call tonight. What I'm going to uh, do is I'll, of course, record this and um, blast this out on school. But again, um, I'm going to be setting up and I'll, and I'll put this on the calendar of who, you know, we're going to have on. So you guys can start having some questions written down and some thoughts like that. So you feel you're prepared for our calls. Like, again, I'll have my accountant, my attorney, makers on how they underwrite deals, you know, all that kind of stuff. So then everybody can get a really good comprehension of the full package when we're buying when stuff. Buying stuff. Hoping that my, again, I've been, again, I'm annoyed that this thing is echoing because I can hear it. I'm really sorry guys, but, but that's, um, but yeah, that's where we're at tonight. I'll get this thing kind of uploaded and rocking and rolling. And if anybody has thoughts or questions, uh, holler at me, holler at me and we can chop it up. We can go from there. Oh, and before we get out, before we get out, uh, We've got um, a couple new guys in our group. Uh, Jared Tilly's one of them. And I want to say, where's my other guy? Uh, Martin Fuaqua, Fuaqua is our other new guy too. Jared, do you want to you say something quickly about who you are? And I apologize for, for not mentioning something beforehand. Yeah, happy to do a quick, quick intro. So I'm actually, by day, a, a finance executive for a commercial real estate company. I've been in finance for, you know, 25 plus years. Um, and really want to start getting into commercial investing, commercial real estate investing on my own. So got uh, connected with with Nolan, really liked kind of what I heard and, you know, looking for, you know, opportunities to, to get out there and invest and to learn, you know, from this group um, and all the tools and resources that are out there. So, yeah, look forward to, to you know, getting to know you guys and uh, gals and, and uh, yeah, appreciate the time. Thank you, Jerry. Good deal. Well, yeah, we're, we're excited to have you, like we said. And, uh, you know, the best part about, I think, our group is everyone's just an action taker. We're all in the same business of freaking making some moves. So um, let's make this a good kind of weeks, guys. If, if anybody has thoughts or questions, like holler at me. And, um, you know, if you've got something on your like on your plate, a deal that you're chopping up. I mean, Grant called me just the other day. He's like, hey, I've got something. We did a call for 30 minutes, just just a phone call. And I was on my computer. We were going over it. So when you've got something or you've got something tied up, give me a call. I want to help as much as I possibly can. Okay. So let me know if there's anything I can do in the meantime. All right, guys. Cool. All right. Good all good. Let me know if anything else changes. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Dylan. See you guys. Thanks guys.